The Indianapolis Colts are a franchise with plenty to work on this next offseason, and they could take a lesson from their brothers across town in the Indiana Pacers. We're actually going to dive into the comparisons between these two teams and break it all down here on Locked on Colts. Let's get to it. You are Locked on Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you all for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Zach Hicks of HorseshoeHuddle.com, and joining me in our is our Pacers counterpart, Tony East. He covers the team for us over at Locked On as host of the Locked On Pacers podcast. And I know as I've kind of become a Pacers fan this season, I've been going to guys like Tony like all season. So, Tony, I think this is our first time talking, but, um, man, it's been a blast over there covering the Pacers, huh? Yeah, what a stunner. I mean, I thought that they would be one of the worst five, six teams in the NBA. And here we are, uh, December 8th. They are in fifth in the East, over 500 still somehow. It's, it has not been the season anyone expected. Uh, so it, it, it's their Jacoby Brissett year, if I can try to pretend like I know anything about the Colts. How about that? Well, hopefully they can kind of continue, you know, their, their, their hot you know, their, their hot play towards the whole season, you know, where the Chicago set year kind of really fluttered there down the stretch. Hopefully <laughs> they can keep running this into the playoffs. But today, guys, we're going to compare these two teams, the Indianapolis Colts and the Indiana Pacers, as, you know, they're kind of heading in very different directions. We'll find out what the Colts could learn from the Pacers, as well as have some fun and talk about, you know, which players we'd actually take. I know Tony's going to have an easier decision than I will when it comes to that kind of stuff there. Uh, but before we get to the really fun stuff, we're going to start with, uh, kind of, I, I'm going to try to paint a picture for you guys. You know, 2020, all of you Indiana fans, you guys Indianapolis fans, stuff like that, watching your two teams, and the Indiana Pacers and the Indianapolis Colts are basically in the exact same spot. You have two teams that are continually running it back, just hoping for different results. You know, the Colts just lost Phillip Rivers. They made the big trade for Carson Wentz. They're going to keep going that retread quarterback route. The Indiana Pacers are running it back with Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Sabonis, uh, Miles um, Turner. Like, they're just kind of going the same exact thing over and over. And what the Pacers did very different than the Colts is when it wasn't working in that 2020 season, they finally decided to blow it up, and they went young. They traded everyone at the deadline, Sabonis at the deadline, Brogdon after the season, uh, Karis LeVert at the deadline, and they went young, where the Indianapolis Colts just kind of kept going that same path, you know, after the year, Carson Wentz, they move on from him. What do they do? They go right back to retread and go to Matt Ryan. And for you guys who are here because you're Indiana Pacers fans or you're fans of both these teams, the Colts are what the Pacers could be if they did not go young. If they just kept that path they were going, they could be having Jeff Saturday as their head coach right now. So, I mean, <laughs> they could go, you know, all these different ways. But Tony, man, like as someone who was watching that Pacers team over and over, just kind of. Again, it's not like the Colts were exactly where it's different retreads, but just kind of running it back over and over again. Like, what was the reaction for me when they finally decided, okay, we're going to tear this down and we're going to start, you know, young? Yeah, the, the big difference in the processes of the teams uh, to me is, you know, I, I've kind of talked about this before where, like, 
you know, Ballard Reich overlap with the with you start with the Pacers. Like the Pacers difference is when they tried the same group a lot, they changed coaches twice. And then they were like, okay, <laughs> we aren't good. And they realized that it was time. And I think that is a key part of what's made their rebuild really successful is they nailed the the timing, right? They got off the train at the right time where, yes, they were bad last year. They were terrible last year, but they had good players that just didn't fit together, which ironically sounds a lot like the Colts this year who have, you know, uh, for, I don't know everything about football, but have a lot of talented, high-paid players who just do not happen to be winning games, Right. Like they, the, the Pacers realized, OK, we can very easily get off this train right now, retool and have what we consider to be a better team for our next era, because we've realized through several coaches that you know, it is the roster that is the problem. And they got off at the right time, whereas the Colts, to, to me, again, I don't obviously follow football as much as basketball, but you know, they've thought that their talent was enough that they could win it with Wentz or win it with Ryan or who Rivers got them to the playoffs. But whoever they have at quarterback and you know, there's been other positional changes along the way obviously those are the biggest guys but that hasn't been enough for them and so at some point they have to either get the guy that they think is the thing and the the Pacers certainly tried to do that right they were in on Gordon Hayward they thought they were going to get him they didn't but but they didn't and they realized they had to get off the train so for the Colts it's either can they get a guy who isn't a retread or do they figure out when's the right time to bail on this project right exactly and and you know again it's really hard comparing football to basketball but I think you know, guys like Sabonis and Brogdon, for instance, I don't think I really compare them to players on the Colts, but I compare them more to Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, where we can all admit they're pretty good at what they do. You know, like Sabonis is a really, really good big man, a really, really good big man, but it just wasn't working. You know, it just wasn't working and it wasn't going to work no matter how many different things they tried, where Chris Ballard or Frank Reich might be a really good coach or a really good GM, but for whatever reason, it's just not working. You know, so eventually it comes that time where you got to salvage what you can and, and move on. And honestly, again, if you're looking at these teams, they kind of, again, are very, very even parallels where, you know, the Andrew Luck retirement, the surprise retirement is similar to, oh, the Pacers lost Paul George. You know, again, the Pacers got something for him, at least where the Colts got nothing right. from Andrew. But Paul George, you know, they're, they're superstar, they're face of their franchise, basically left one to leave, you know, wanted out. And honestly, heard his trade value. They were lucky to get someone as good as Sabonis because of the way that he went about that. Um, so, again, these two teams have been very similar for years. But now, on one side, you have a team that had very little hype, who was supposed to be tanking, so to speak, with all their young players. But they're overachieving, and they're just a blast to watch. And then on the other side, you got this Colts team where they tried to push all their chips in for one last – hopefully one last time, uh, and they're completely underachieving. And And – it, I'm sure it's just a much more fun on your end of things here than it is here, here on Locked Up Colts. It, it is. It has been really fun. And I think to, to put another parallel with the Colts, like last year, changing to Rick Carlisle, uh, Rick Carlisle is one of the best coaches in the NBA, right? Like great at his job. But it's they still were bad because they had a lot of players from their old kind of regime or style where like it's not like coaches aren't involved in personnel decisions, right? So even with the Colts pivoting to Saturday and probably potentially, I guess I don't know this well enough, Another coach, I'll let you speak to the likelihood of that Probably. at some point yeah. in the future. I don't know what the right the right word is, and I don't want to say the wrong thing. But if they do that, you you would still expect if Ballard is the GM that there will be another year of transition, right? Because they have mm-hmm. to get on the same page and get the same guys. It's not like they can just send away everybody right away. So, you know, to get everything in line and, and on the right track will still take some time. But once the Pacers got through that, like, 
Ugh, they, you know, this is awful. They lost. They had the worst defense in the NBA for like four months last year and lost 10 games in a row to close their season. Like they, they were bad, right? That, that is almost required in the NBA at, at, to some extent, less so in the NFL, but still important, right? I know that's why I, I, everybody I follow who covers the Colts keeps tweeting about draft <laughs> positioning, right? Like it, it certainly matters in, in both sports. So I think that there will be, depending on how the Colts leadership structure changes, whether it's coach GM or both, still a little bit of time to get everybody on the right page to be back to being what the Pacers are now, which is the fun team that everyone's like, okay, finally, we get the direction. This makes sense. They're heading in a way that even if the Pacers start losing like crazy, everybody would understand like, okay, they had 25 games where the blueprint for them being good is there for a young team. Like it doesn't take a genius to understand how that can be good when those players get older and better and they add pieces, right? Like the Colts are probably a season away from that. I think, again, I don't, I'm not as close to the dial then as you are, but that that necessary like ugly, ugly middle step of like getting leadership on the same page as the roster has to happen too. Absolutely. And we're going to talk more about that here in our next segment. But hopefully, again, the Colts can get to that fun young team away from kind of where they are right now, which is ugh. But coming up, guys, we are going to talk about that here in segment two and how the Colts can get there and what advice the Pacers could give them. But first, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. I've got to tell you guys, sometimes adulting can be a lot. Uh, as many of you know, uh, my wife and I got through a move, uh, but the work is hardly ever done. It'd be awesome if life came with an instruction manual and when the plate gets full, uh, but BetterHelp Online Therapy is the next best thing. BetterHelp's therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and about how to learn productive coping skills. That makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, it's secure, and it's accessible anywhere, 100% online. You guys know I've talked about it plenty of times on here. I have been to therapy multiple, multiple times in my life. It's not something that you're too good for. It's not something that, you know, it should be embarrassing. It's something that's there to help you. It's like that extra crutch when you need it. So guys, everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save save ten percent off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp H E L P dot com slash locked on. Man, I almost said you guys could save a hundred percent off BetterHelp, so that would have got me in a lot of trouble. So save ten percent off BetterHelp. But anyway, getting to our next segment here again, the Pacers, man, they were a laughing stock late last season. Like you said, it was just that that hard transition. But honestly, there were a lot of fans that were loving that, that loved it, you know, because again, when you're treading, when like we say this all the time on this podcast, you, when you're treading water, all you can really do is drown, you know, <laughs> and it's just how long does it take until like you get that. there? I like that. I like that phrasing. Yes. yes yeah, all, what are you saying? It's weird because we just both had the same pauses and talk frequency. Yes. That is good <laughs> podcasting interruptions right there. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because they were awful and everyone was like, oh. Finally, you know, because right. when you are treading water for forever, it's like, just figure it out, like get the direction figured out. And then uh, Kevin Pritchard, their president of basketball operations, even said in, the, in his pressure this summer, like we had to change our thinking and you know, like go with a right. more long term approach that isn't this. You know, I don't he didn't say year to year. He said, you know, they were thinking in one or two year increments, right, trying to get 
up to the level of success they wanted in that amount of time. That's hard. That's really hard to do in yeah. sports because it's hard to give up not a lot of stuff, but still get a lot of gain short term and then be able to do it again and again and again without sabotaging your entire team at some point. So that's really tricky. That'd be like giving up a second round pick for a quarterback every year. Hey, look at that. I'm doing a, a Colts comparison. Anyway, though, that that was a big adjustment for them. And e so even when they traded, you know, Levert, Sabonis, Torrey Craig, all these dudes at the same time, everyone kind of was like, OK, finally. And I think the other weight of it from a fandom perspective, like even if the Pacers stink the rest of the season, I think fans just having no expectations makes, I think, seasons more enjoyable for fans. And there hasn't yes. been an enjoyable Pacers year since that Oladipo's first year here in 2017. They, been, don't get me wrong. Basketball is awesome. Like, the games are really fun. They made the playoffs three times. Like It has not been bad. But when you have expectations and then you don't meet them because of injuries or trades or whatever, that's way less fun as a fan versus you know having no expectations. And then good or bad, it's just like, yeah, I like the sport. Like That's why you like the thing. So you know, even like the, the first year after luck, like I think the, the people had more fun watching the Colts that year. And then it becomes more fun again because you it's like you get attached to the players. You want to see them succeed. It's all this. It's all sorts of stuff that happens along the way that, you know, the Pacers figured out at the right time. And uh, even though they stunk last year, yes, I think that the sense of relief made the fandom experience more fun for a lot of people. Right, right. I would say that, you know, I think, yes, the Andrew Luck uh, retirement hurt the Colts a lot. But what hurt this front office and hurt this coaching staff was the success of that Philip Rivers season because they thought they could just keep getting band-aids and get the same result or Good get point. maybe a little bit further. And that's what really hurt, you know, this entire thing, what kind of caused this to be a bad build. Uh, but when you're looking at, you know, everyone says, I want, like, I want you to suck because I want you, I want my teens tanking. No, they don't. You know, everyone do, yeah. do not want that. <laughs> and, and they don't want it. And you and I know from, from writing about this stuff, when the teams are bad, nobody wants to read your stuff. Maybe people will hate listening to your podcast, but nobody wants to read your stuff. Uh, when, when these teams are bad. So how do you get it like the Pacers? Because even though last year they were terrible, I still felt like people were watching because they wanted to see, oh, Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, we want to see him out there. Uh, and these other young guys, like how how did these teams kind of manage that, you know, oh, we're, we're sucking like, like you guys want, but we still want you to come watch us, you know? They were miserable in attendance and interest until the trades. So I think that some of that was just the newness of it. If, if I'm being totally honest, like, oh, it's not the same old Pacers. You know, it's like the, for our from our angle, of course, we're like, you know, new stories, new players to write about, right. new stuff to dig into. But from a fan perspective, it's like, oh, I don't know anything about Tyrese Halberton and Jalen Smith. And you know, I can get excited about the Cavaliers draft pick and all this stuff that's coming in the door that I could not get excited about before, especially when, you know, to, to equate it to like a little bit like the, I think the Pacers um, – Philip Rivers season was when they had all these injuries in 2019, mm -hmm. 20, and then still were a good team. They were, they had home court, I say in air quotes because it was played in the bubble, but in the playoffs that year, right? So they thought, Oh, if we were healthy. We would have been awesome, but that's not true, but it made them, you know, elongate the inevitable. And when you elongate the inevitable fans become apathetic and tune out. And so finally, when something new happens, everybody tunes in, even if things are bad. Right. So I think a lot of it was just like, okay, this is, this is new. This is not the same thing that got swept badly by the Miami Heat that won 34 games the following year and didn't even get out of the playing tournament. You know, all the all the horrible things about fandom being stuck in the middle were finally gone. And I think that drove up a lot of interest, even when they, you know, they lost 10 in a row. Like that's awful in the NBA. And it still didn't totally tank the interest in the team.
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm not saying the Colts have an, as easy as a path as the Pacers did because, again, the Pacers were able to get Tyrese Halliburton. That changes everything because right. Tyrese Halliburton, even if you don't really follow basketball, ton, like I was not really following the NBA too much at that point. But when I saw that they got Tyrese Halliburton, I even looked him up just for a second. I was like, oh, man, like this is a legit young player that they could build around. The Colts really don't have that. And, and they don't have that at the key position that is like a point guard. Again, in basketball, there's only five players out there at once. So it's a lot easier to have your highly marketable players. But the Colts kind of need that at quarterback. You know, that's how you'll get the interest. So this kind of just goes to that point where they need to draft a quarterback with this high pick this year because that's how you're going to get the interest in maybe a bad season next year is. It doesn't matter who it is. You'll get some people watching just because, oh, I want to see what Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or CJ Stroud. I want to see what those guys look like, just like how I'm sure the the excitement was for uh, for Benedict III, you know, a, a young high pick that they haven't had in what this is the first Pacers lottery pick. And wasn't it like a super long time they went without like a lottery well, pick? They've had lottery picks, but not top 10 picks. It's the first top 10 pick since the 80s. Sorry, we cut there. Okay, okay we're Should good. We're again? Oh, we cut on there. <laughs> yeah, you can jump into that again. <laughs> yeah, I will just say that again. Well, they have had lottery picks, but they haven't had a top 10 pick, like lower That's than was. exactly 10 since the 80s. That's what it was. I don't know where the quarterbacks will go in this draft. I'm embarrassed that I don't know any of the people you just said. I think the no, Stroud guys no, are Ohio State, right? I, right? Yep. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, I got one. Yep. Big 10, that doesn't count. It's local-ish. <laughs> um, but yeah, that. but you do need that, and especially – especially so when it's quarterback who go higher, right? People trade up for Trey Lance. Well, like, I've never heard of that guy. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of stuff gets traded for him. And that's on me for not knowing football, but still, like, <laughs> people trade a lot for quarterbacks. I know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And you just got to get those young, exciting players with those high-value picks. And that's how you can still get interest in – again, I'm not going to call 2023 a potential lost season for the Colts, but – I think the expectations for next season for the Colts are going to be similar to what they were for the Pacers this year. Like they're going to be low. Can I actually give you a a recalibration though? Like if, if this season is so bad that it forces them to get off the train, like I said earlier, that's a great season, even if it is like horrible in terms of record. Right. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it would have been better than them winning seven or eight this year. If they won seven or eight of their 16, then they could say, Oh, the Matt Ryan thing just didn't work. We could go get, you know, somebody else and, and it'll turn it around just like they did with Carson Wentz last year. Carson Wentz got them nine and they were like, Oh, we could just get Matt Ryan and, and it'll be fine. But no, they needed a season like this where they're going to win like four, maybe five. Like it, like they're going to be like a top six or seven pick. They needed this. Like it is. And that's what the Pacers needed last year. What kind of helped get them on this right path that they're on right now. Yeah, they really whimpered, and then I think everybody realized, like, all right, we got the, we got the best coach we could. We got the team. We got the wing defender, Tory Craig. We got all the stuff we always thought we needed, and we're still not any good like that. That was a big yes. kick, kick in the teeth for the team. And I think finally, too, like, I don't know how to say this. Like, there was a lot of, you know, I think there was coverage of the Colts that suggested, like, they have the talent, and that's true, but it lasted longer than the Pacers did. And I don't mean that to say anyone who covers either team is wrong. But I think that that, like with the Pacers, people were were off of their, like off of being interested in their talent faster than they were with the Colts. I don't know why that is, but that's just how it happened to be, which also maybe prolonged things a little bit. Now, we're, I don't want to say media like influences team decisions, but you you get it. You're in this 
seat as well. Like it, it just right. the expect when the expectations change, things change, the tone changes, all that. And I think the Colts are about to reach that point. But again, I am an outsider seat. Neither of the, the shirts behind me are Colts shirts for a reason. <laughs> or we'll have to send you some Colts shirts and we'll get you. We'll get that <laughs> I need to put them up. I feel embarrassed. Oh, you do? Okay, yeah, we definitely got to get you some cold stuff, so we will for sure. But, guys, coming up, we're going to talk about which players we would steal from the other's team just to, just to add some fun, add some excitement to, to the team's recovery. You know, we're going to have a little bit of fun with this bi-week coverage here. So, first, though, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. There it is, <laughs> Prize Picks. This weekend, Prize Picks has some pretty high stat predictions, such as Tua Tagovailoa, at 285.5 passing yards, and Justin Herbert at 290.5 passing yards, while Tyreek Hill is projected for 92.5 receiving yards. Sounds like quite the offensive Sunday night football matchup between the Dolphins and the Chargers. Those are just a couple picks I might be tempted to make, and it's super easy to do so on Prize Picks mobile app. Just pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, Tony. So if we're doing hypothetical trades here and who I would steal from the Pacers, I have to, I need a quarterback here in Indy and why not, you know, the, the point God, you know, apparently this guy's, this guy that the Pacers have is the new point God. He's leading the league in assist. Uh, that sounds like the perfect quarterback material here for the Colts. So I mean, Tyrese Halliburton, probably one of the taller quarterbacks in the league if he came over, but we got to go with Tyrese Halliburton here for Indy, right? Uh, I think so. I was thinking about the Pacers players and who would be good at football at various things. Uh, Isaiah Jackson stands out to me. He is six yeah. eleven and and can jump over a house. Not actually, but you know you get the you get the picture I'm painting. And he's got he's got a great wide receiver build. He's a little skinny, but I he's really fast for someone of his height. Like he's not Megatron. He doesn't have the hands, but he looks like him in terms of his stature. I think he'd be a good receiver. Halliburton's a good one because he reads patterns of sports really well. So, like, I think he'd see a defense and know what what to do, even though I don't know. I've never seen him throw anything besides a basketball. Right. I Obviously, this is all hypothetical. Those are the two right. stats. I, mean, I think Goga Batadze could be a good, like, lineman. He's just big. And yeah, he is big. <laughs> which, which is always important here. Same with Daniel Tice. Uh, but outside of those guys, I couldn't think of anyone who I thought, oh, they'd be awesome or they could be awesome at this random thing and obviously it's all hypothetical why do you hear about it backwards so much you always hear about football players who played basketball in college but right. never basketball players who played football well okay okay tj mcconnell has that kind of mindset that i just like you know a football coach would gush over him like they <laughs> like look this kid he might be my fifth receiver but expect him to get a couple snaps out there we love his energy <laughs> he has got that grit he's feisty you know he just seems like a really great special teamer so obviously I want to have Halliburton because of, you know I need a quarterback. But look, 
TJ McConnell could play Gunner alongside Ashton Doolin. I think I think he could do that. Oh yeah, he, dude, he would kill it as a special teamer. They, there's been a couple Pacers players who love soccer and kick it around. Maybe they could kick. I don't know. But no, what's his name? Chase McLaughlin. He's been good, right? He's he's recovered from their bad. Yeah. Start. Now if Blankenship were still here, then we would get you know somebody <laughs> to come kick. That'd be great. But <laughs> I think with McLaughlin, they're good. But let's uh, go to the other side now. Let's go to the Pacers. Who should the Pacers take from this Colts team? Well, this isn't this isn't challenging. Although I did forget about this until. I was uh, <laughs> kindly reminded by someone I'm speaking to right now. I mean, there, there is one of the players who did the crossover thing. I remember the Antonio Gates, as we'll call it, uh, who played basketball yep. in college and is now in the NFL. And Mo Ali Cox, who was like not just like on a college basketball team, <laughs> was on like a pretty successful team and was good. He played for VCU for you all. You know this already, but VCU for four years started for three of them. Good in those years, his stats were equally impressive 10 points per game as a junior like oh, that seems like a, uh, a guy who could show up to training camp and be decent oh yeah oh yeah no i i watched moelle cox so much in college and i knew about i knew about moelle cox at vcu before i knew about him as the tight end for the colts like that was my guy growing up watching college basketball i used to play as vcu on all the old college basketball games and stuff like that uh, Moelle Cox was literally Kenneth Fareed in college. Like he was just an animal, you know, super high energy, couldn't really shoot or anything like that, but he would kind of, you know, like an undersized big guy who would get a ton of rebounds and would uh, get a lot of steals and blocks. So yeah, he's the obvious choice here, but we are ignoring the fun choice. Quentin Nelson, man, we got to get Quentin <laughs> Nelson on the basketball. <laughs> have you seen Tony, have you seen the highlights that have gone around on Twitter of him playing high school basketball? I have not. I did not know such a thing existed. Okay, guys, if you guys are listening to this, send Tony that that <laughs> that Twitter thing uh, that that was going around of Quentin Nelson drilling behind his back and through between his legs oh and stuff like that. He was, was doing like, like basketball stuff, not just being like the huge football player who plays high school basketball because he's enormous. No, I think he was a point guard for them. I think he oh, was wow. the point guard. Yeah, like he wow. was like the guy who brought the ball up the court and like <laughs> he dished it out, man. He had some pretty good high school stats, what I remember. I've always thought about this, though. Like, like for centers in the NBA, sometimes something they do bad is they set bad screens, right? They're bad at literally making contact with a defender and setting a screen. Like, a lineman would set the best screens ever. They couldn't do anything after they set the screen, but they would set sweet screens. Like, what matters more, what you do after the screen or the screen? Right. I think that'd be really interesting. Right. I, and again... You know, we've all played basketball. We've all gone to the gym. We played against that football guy who who tries to throw the ball through the floor every time he's dribbling and stuff like that. Like, you know, and, and they have he's to so like throw the, gross. Yeah, throw the shoulder into you and they're like double dribbling because they just don't know what they're doing. I mean, look, we got imagine that though with like a three hundred pound Grover Stewart or something. You know, like that would be like you know, the centers are so much smaller now in today's NBA. Imagine like a 300-pound dude, just a lot of charges coming his way. But I think, you know, I think that could be fun. Does being named Shaq guarantee success in basketball? Because <laughs> if so, I think I think Leonard is a pick for me as well, right? We need uh, we need the full list of players who have gone to the NBA with the name Shaq, and then we need to see what the percentage is of how good they were. There was one guy named Shaquille Harrison for the Chicago Bulls a couple years ago oh, okay. who, who ruined that being funny, but I still made the joke anyway. I'm trying to think of why other Pacers, like even throughout history, could have been good in the NFL. It's why is that the case? That it may is it just because mm-hmm. rosters are huge that all the players do basketball in college and then NFL? Like Dennis Smith, yeah. who plays for the Hornets right now, he was thinking about that. This dude who just 
there's a guy in the Seahawks who played at Oklahoma State last year, right? I can't remember who it was. Like it, it happens all the time for some reason. Yeah, it's just I think you know, again, so many big rosters, you can take those project players. You know, you can take yeah. those chances where with the NBA, what's the biggest the roster gets to like 20 at some point? Right? Oh, and yeah, 20 in training camp. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to kind of take the, you know, I'm going to take some project offensive linemen from from <laughs> some college or whatever. Like that doesn't seem like it would really work very well, you know, because I guess basketball is a lot more finessey too, you know, like yeah, it football, is. it's more of just brute force, you know. This is, I guess I've never thought about it, but it does seem like the roster size makes it very obvious. I wonder if that will become less of a thing in the future, though. Yeah. Just because skills maybe. are becoming more important in both sports than just like toughness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or whatever rah yeah. rah thing the coach wants to say. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Well, guys, I think that's all we have for this bi week episode. Uh, that was a lot of fun, man, talking some, <laughs> some basketball. I know years ago I did an all Colts basketball team. Uh, like just based off of where they played like in high school or in college or something, but like all the Colts outside of Moelle Cox are like no longer on the team. So <laughs> like, like it was like Kari Willis and Malik, uh, Malik Hooker, Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett apparently was a really good basketball player in high school. Like really like good. That. Yeah. So all guys I, I, that they don't have. I'm staring anymore. up in the sky thinking of Colts players. Is, Pitt, is Pittman, would he be a good basketball player? I know. He is. Oh, I bet he would. I bet he yeah. would. <laughs> So we'll, we'll do some research guys. We'll do some research on some, some of these guys and what they did in high school and stuff like that. But that's it for, that's it for us, everyone. We'll be back with you guys next week to talk about the Colts final four games of the season and look ahead at their next matchup with the Minnesota Vikings. You guys can follow Tony at T East NBA on Twitter and subscribe to the locked on Pacers on YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcast. And again, make sure you guys are following the locked on Colts at Jake Arthur NFL and at Zach Hicks 2 on Twitter. Also, subscribe to Locked On Colts on YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, we'd love your guys' ratings and reviews. I know Tony would love some ratings and reviews over there as well. Uh, and thank you guys for making us your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you guys next week.